This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly roundtable discussion among our Cyclone Radio Network crew to preview the upcoming game. And it's a big one this week, the Big 12 opener at 3-0 Baylor. Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw will provide the expertise. I'll direct traffic. We hope you'll enjoy our Sidecast. Guys, let's start with some thoughts from the UNLV game. What kind of jumped off the page at you guys on Saturday? Well, the first thing, you know, we talked, especially Hark talked about the importance of sustaining drives and, you know, getting the offense some rhythm. And I think that's one of the things that really stood out to me, those first couple of drives, including one where you had to overcome a holding penalty. I mean, things that we really hadn't seen Iowa State be able to do. I mean, that really jumped off the page. Other than, of course, the defense, which, you know, it was no surprise because they were their normal selves. But but I think the, the improvement in the offense and their ability to, to sustain drives was maybe one of the biggest things for me. For me, it was really the, the, being on the sidelines, the energy, the fun. You know, it's the first time that I've seen them at that level where they're smiling, having fun, playing the game of football. Yes, they were very businesslike, you know, but they approached the game. I believe different at UNLV than they did the previous two games. I think the pressure of those first two games being in a spot they'd never been in before feeling like I have to perform at this really high level and be something that, that I'm not right. We have to be what we are. And that's what got us to that point. I think they, they came a long way last week, just having fun playing the game and playing with each other and being away from, you know, sometimes being away from home. That's who you got when you go on the road, other than there's 30,000 cycling fans once you get to the stadium. But prior to kickoff, it is a business trip. And I think that was very important for this team at that time of the year. Yeah, you mentioned fun, Hark. You know, every player I interviewed in the locker room after the game, that was the first thing I asked, what was the difference? And they all said, hey, let's go have fun. We have to enjoy this, playing the game we've been playing since we were kids. You know, and fun was certainly a thing. You know, there's nothing, nothing quite as much fun as winning, too. And they were able to do that. A big game this week for the Cyclones. Um, you know, Baylor, I know they haven't played anybody. But watching them, they look far better, especially offensively, than I thought they would be. I thought they'd be good defensively. They have 10 starters back on that side of the ball. But I think this new offensive coordinator they brought in, Jeff Grimes, and the, the zone blocking that they're doing, they've created some really good gaps in the running game. They couldn't run the ball at all last year. They were horrible rushing the football last year. And now they're one of the national leaders in that category. Iowa State's going to have to play well this week. Defense is going to have to play great. And watching their games, I mean, I was, I'm really impressed with that offense as well. They got two running backs uh, that, are, that are really good. Ebner is so good out of the backfield, catching passes but a great runner as well, great special teams player too, a return man as well. But both those backs, you know, have some explosiveness. And the offensive line, they had two transfers come in. They lost three starters from a year ago, but they have two transfers in uh, who, who are really good players. And I think it, it'll be a challenge for our defense. I mean, they're averaging over 300 yards per game on the ground alone. And obviously stopping the run is going to be the primary focus for Iowa State. And Hark, how do you do that? You play the defensive line. What are some of the challenges of defending that wide zone running game of Baylor, especially with their team speed? 
but they try to spread you out and they'll find the gaps, right? They'll slow play to the outside. And, and when they work to that zone and we're not disciplined, they get to that running back will hit that. And if you look, the other thing they're very dangerous on, you saw it a lot in the Kansas game is the cutback. So again, the linebackers have to be really careful not to over pursue right. when it looks like it's going to go wide. They need to stay on the backside as well, because there's a lot of their runs. It is because the Kansas linebackers were overflowing. So Again, we, we have the team speed to, to, to defend this offense. They are much improved over last year, but it's going to be very key for us to not only protect on the front side, but those cutback lanes, those backside linebackers, uh, Hummel and Rose, they need to stay disciplined. They have been all year. I think we'll be in a great place to defend them. But again, that's going to be key to slowing that rundown. You know, and you mentioned that cutback. I mean, one of the things that really impressed me about both their backs is they really have good vision and good patience. And that cutback, a lot of the really big plays came from that. They did. And, you know, guys, that, that also stresses the importance of open field tackling. And I think this is a pretty good open field tackling Iowa State team. But they're going to be tested in that area because there's going to be some situations where, hey, it's one-on-one -on -one out in space and – our guy's going to have to make that play, but I'm confident they will. You know, we have three safeties that I think are really good open field tacklers. Aishim, for sure. What we've really seen is the emergence of Kamani King as a good open field tackler and a guy with some real speed to get there in the first place. You know, and of course, you throw in Greg Eisworth. You know, you've got three guys there, and our corners have been really good tacklers, too. And once again, they'll have to be. I agree, and I was just going to say the same thing, Eric, is Kamani King last game, I think, really popped off the way he played the game. And I agree with you. He has become a really good tackler in the, in the space for us. I think he had four tackles as all, but he disrupted the game a lot uh, because of some of his presence in, on the field. So again, he's going to be a really big part, not only in the run game, but also the pass game. Cause if you look at what they're trying to do, there's it's a little bit of an RPO option and he's going to have to stay back a little bit before he commits to that run because they will pull that ball back and hit you across the middle. And that's dangerous once they get that going. We've talked about the running backs, you know, how about the receivers? I mean, some of those guys have been there for six or seven years, I swear. You know, Tyquan Thornton, you know, Fleeks, those guys have been around for a while. I mean, they're 1,000-yard receivers, really good too. But that's where I think the speed of Kamani King is big because he doesn't have to come up as quickly because he doesn't have the speed to support the run. He can stay back and still be able to make the play in the run game. I agree. And then we also have bigger corners than we've had. But like, TJ Tampa's playing really good football. Uh, there's a few plays after I watched the film from the UNLV game. You just I didn't pick up on it at the game where I did on the film. He did some nice things breaking down that offense where it was allowing Kamani to come up and make a nice play on the outside. But what we saw was TJ Tampa jumping up, being really physical at the point of attack. While he didn't make the play, he made the ball bounce to the outside, and then that gets cleaned up by our safety. So really good job by a freshman out there being really physical. You know, one thing that – I think Kamani King is a great example of, and we've heard Matt Campbell talk about this through the years, is I'd rather play a guy too late than too soon. You know, he, he doesn't want to put guys out there before they're really ready to be successful when they are out there. And Kamani was kind of bouncing back and forth and finding his spot, and he settled in very nicely at safety, and, and he's having a great year. And it brings me to this, because I think Gary Vaughn's another example of that. And, and Matt Campbell brought up the point this week of comparing Jake Hummel and Gary Vaughn, kind of biding their time on special teams, not complaining about playing time, just doing whatever they can to help. And then when their number was called on, really being ready. And that's always been Coach White's formula from the beginning with those linebackers. Get out there on special teams first, and you'll find a way onto the field. 
And man, Gary Vaughn's playing good football right now. He is playing good football. You know, you, you mentioned those, you know, biding your time and, and play him too late rather than too early. The great thing right now is when your program is established, you don't have to play those guys because you have good guys there ahead of them already, you know, rather than, hey, we have to rush this guy in because we just don't have anybody that's that good. And you play him too early, they lose confidence. But right now, there are so many good players ahead of these guys that you don't have to rush them, but they've done a great job uh, of getting these guys experience when they're in those situations. Maybe not, maybe a few snaps here, a few snaps there, just kind of see what they're like under the game lights, if you will. And I think it's been a great evolution and progression for the program that they're able to create depth by doing that. I agree. And one kid that came out and that I think you're going to see come down the pipe really soon is this Hunter Zenzen. Watching him play, he looks like Mike Rose on the football field. He can flow sideline to sideline so well. Smart kid, made great tackles. He played from the inside of the middle linebacker spot, so not outside like Mike, but he moves like him. He's a big kid. He's 245 pounds. Didn't know much about him prior to UNLV game. There's some depth coming up that, that ladder right now in that linebacker spot. And then Gary Vaughn is, I tell you what, he played a really good football game. And one play that really stood out to me on him was a fourth and one. And he shoots through the gap and makes a tackle for a one-yard loss on a big play at the 50-yard line. Well, Ryan Vance isn't even playing right now. He's coming back. He's a 245-pound guy that's a, a great linebacker. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. And we mentioned uh, briefly there Jay Cummel. You know, Brock Purdy has 27 school records. Connor Sally is going to break the record for PATs the next time he kicks one. Uh, there's a few guys closing that record. It's Brees Hall. But Jay Cummel, by playing this game against Baylor on Saturday, will match Jaquan Bailey for the most games played in Iowa State football history. And what a success story, you know? I mean, what what a great success story. Of course, his dad, a great wrestler at Iowa State. But uh, yeah, th this linebacking core uh, with Mike Rose and Orion Vance, as you mentioned, Gary Vaughn, Jake Hummel, Eric Horn, so many guys playing good football right now, but really excited for Jake. Yeah, absolutely love the guy. Ben, the growth he showed over the course of last season was just tremendous. And he continues, picked up right where he left off and, and taking it to new heights. And you're right about that linebacker core. I mean, there's it's a really, really good group. But, you know, I think if you look at all three levels of the defense, I mean, there's so many veterans, so many good players. And, you know, John, like we were talking the other day, interviewing Greg Eisworth after the game, the pressure and the disruption that Will McDonald causes. And and Greg made the comment uh, to me. He said, yeah, I, actually, I went over to Will and said, hey, don't put so much pressure. <laughs> give, give us a chance in the back end to make a play. <laughs> and Will got held three times that were called in that game. And, you know, he ends up with a stat, st stat sheet from the game that doesn't really jump off the page at you but if you watch the game will mcdonald had as much of an impact on that game as any player on the field and it, the unlv just couldn't block him that's as good a d-line play as that i've seen in a long time if ever at iowa state and i was lucky enough to play on one of the better d-lines that's been at iowa state with reggie hayward and james reed and jordan karstens and kevin durande like you're talking really good football players that played the nfl the level that this D-line is playing at is exceptional. Not good, it's exceptional. It's unbelievable. And I'm not sure we've ever seen it played at the level it's been played at right now. And 
you know, you, it's hard to compare eras, right? And it's a completely different defense from a four-man front to a three-man front. But those three, we're not blitzing, which is a luxury to this defense. So it's allowing us to drop guys back and flow. These three guys are covering the front end. And when it's pass play, we're getting pressure with three rushers. And that's where that is such a luxury to the defensive coordinator with John Haycock with, hey, I don't need to send guys. These three can stop the run and put pressure on without any – uh, blitzes or any other kind of packages that's going to help them out up front. Hey, Hark, it seems like Iowa State's kind of settled into what their best group is up front with any after playing and most of his career moving to the nose, partially too because Zach Peterson's playing so great at the other end spot. But uh, do you think they're kind of settled into that and that's kind of going to be their 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 main core of guys playing in line? I think it's going to be what is thrown at us by the team. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see any go back outside against Baylor. Because what a lot of what Baylor's trying to do is get off tackle in that zone. They're not really trying to go between the tackles. They're trying to go towards the outside. And you need to hold the edge against the run. If you give up that edge where if you lose a yard or two, you know, at the point of attack, that's going to turn into a five, six-yard gain. So if you put any and Zach at the ends, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more Singleton and Isaiah Lee in this game than you have in the past. And then I think Will will get used more in passing down situations. You know, anytime that a team is trying to overpower you is you move any back to the outside and then obviously put some bigger guys in the middle and then set up for that third long and bring Will in when he has fresh legs and let him get after it. I love Authentic Brand's superb Cyclone gear, but did you know Authentic Brand by TCB Companies is an official outfitter of the iHeartRadio Group and Learfield? Outfit your life in Authentic Brand gear and give your personal and professional image a boost. Authentic-Brand.com. Guys, let's talk about Baylor's defense, which I think, again, you're talking about team speed and playmakers once again. Uh, lots of experience, as I mentioned, with 10 starters returning. What do you guys think Iowa State has to do to move the ball effectively this week against Baylor? I think we saw it last week for the first time of the year, and that was our the balance of our offense. Hutchinson was Hutchinson. Charlie Kohler caught a pass for a touchdown, was more involved in the offense, and Brees Hall was more deliberate about a lot of his runs. And in that first drive, all three of them were involved in the drive. And I think that's where the key to this offense is, is being very balanced. The other thing you saw a lot was Brock pulling the ball back and running. So those four, mixing it up, does put a defense on their heels and puts a lot of pressure on it. So let your playmakers go make plays, find those guys. Um, when, it's, when, when the lights turn on and you need something to happen, we have the players to do it. We just need to make sure we focus on those four and get that defense on their heels. I like their defense, too. You mentioned all the starters back, and then you add a guy like Ika in the middle, 6'4", 350-pound nose guy. He's really a space eater, and I, I, I think – Cyclones have to find a way to run the football against, you know, you look at some of their players on defense. I mean, Terrell Bernard, all big 12 guy, one of the better linebackers in the country, you know, Dylan Doyle, Raleigh Tejada at, at one uh, corner. He's in his sixth year. I mean, it seems like he has been there forever, actually. Uh, and then Jalen <laughs> Petrie, they've got playmakers and, and, one thing they've been great at is getting turnovers. And I think one of the big things will be great decision-making. We need to see Brock Purdy second half against Baylor last year, and hopefully not first half, you know, because it was a, a real turnaround after halftime and one that led to Iowa State winning the football game. But it's a defense you have to be very wary of because they have such great speed uh, and they can close so quickly. But I think I think there might be a big play or two that we really haven't seen yet if they overcommit. I think passing the ball is going to open up the run game. 
running the ball is going to open up the pass game. And that first drive for me, we talked about it initially, this, the sustained drive. I love that it wasn't like, let's come out. We need to run the ball 15 times. Let's come out and have fun and run our offense. And that was what's really good to see. And as a defensive player in the past, what's really frustrating is when you don't know what they're going to do. So that means you can't really come on the rush because they may run it. And you can't just play the run because they may pass and there's no pressure. And I tell you what the offensive line has done a great job of. There's not been pressure on Brock Purdy much this year. True. And so that, that pocket has been very, very good. Now if we can get these wide receivers open and put pressure on that defense, that will open up this run game. So, again, I've, I've been very impressed with that pocket and the time he's had to throw the ball. You know, and you mentioned, you know, uh, Charlie Kohler got the touchdown last week, his first touchdown of the season, 18th of his career. But you know, one of the things people kind of forget or you gloss over in, in your mind is like, so he's out with an injury. He comes back. We People expect, well, okay, he's 100% right away. That's not always the case. I think he saw his – I thought his mobility looked much better Saturday, which is big going forward as he continues to get healthier and back to the Charlie Kohler, who's maybe the best tight end in the country. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Eric, you mentioned uh, a minute ago the, the possibility of some misdirection stuff. I, I, I was kind of thinking along those lines, too, that maybe this is a week where Tom Manning reaches into his bag of tricks. If Baylor gets a little bit too aggressive with that speed, make him pay with some misdirection stuff. I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all this week. You know, a reverse, uh, you know, anything like that. I mean, just enough. If you can keep them home and, and keep them from, from overcommitting and maybe guessing right a couple of times, uh, then all of a sudden it, it, it's a little bit different, a little easier for your offense and more predictable defense to go against, I think. It is. I think the other thing you're going to see with that defense, they blitz a little bit more than, than a lot of the defenses we've played so far. That is going to leave some opportunities for Brees Hall out in the open field to catch some of those short passes, get him out in open space, then see what he can do. So if they're going to bring their linebackers – that obviously is going to create a one-on-one opportunity for Brees in, in space in the flat or across the middle. And if we can get him the ball, that'll open up the, the, the defense as well. And we saw that a year ago with Brees catching a touchdown pass from, from Brock Purdy against Baylor. Guys, maybe the unsung heroes of that game at UNLV, the kickoff coverage team. The number of great hits from that group. And I'm, I'm going to mention every guy that was on that kickoff coverage team, but you can touch on some of these guys because they're really flying down there. But Bo Freeler, Bailey... Joey Peterson, Blake Peterson, Zach Peterson, Miles Purchase, Darian Porter, Rory Walling, Corey Suttle, and of course, Andrew Mevis, who's getting those kicks down to the goal line, which has a lot to do with it too. But man, kickoff coverage was outstanding last week. Well, it's going to have to be. Tristan Ebner is one of the best in All-American return guy you know, back there, and, and they block it really well. So it's going to be, I think, imperative. Hopefully, Iowa State kicks off a lot. I mean, that would be that would be great. But you know, the number one thing is, man, they've got to cover because Ebner has such great speed, and he, he's such a great decision maker uh, when he's back there as a return guy. Uh, and, yeah, those guys have been great so far. They'll be tested Saturday. They will, but Mevis having the ability to kick it out of the back of the end zone, this is why he's here. You yes. know, and I think that this is a big game for him. This is how you take a ball out of the, some of their best players' hands. And we saw it happen against Iowa with Taylor the punter, you know, and yeah. what he was able to do on special teams. That kicker does make a big difference in the game in field position. So it's going to be really imperative that he puts that thing 
deep in the end zone on his kickoffs to make sure we don't get a return every time. It's a great point. This could be a week where, you know, they don't want Mevis kicking it to the goal line. They want him kicking it to the back of the end zone. <laughs> You're exactly right. Ebner's terrific. He, he had a 90-yard punt return for a touchdown against Kansas, get called back, and then the next time he touched it on a punt return, it was a 50-yarder. So he's really, really talented. Special teams are going to be huge in this game. Man, there's a lot to look forward to this week, guys. I think a real good test. I, th- I think this is one of those games that if Iowa State wins it, nationally, they probably aren't going to get a ton of credit for a great win, but I think it will be a very good win if they're able to go pull this off in Waco this weekend. It'd be huge. I mean, it's your Big 12 opener. It sets the table uh, for what's to come. It allows you a win, allows you to play more big games or the games you play going forward are bigger. And I think that's what you, this program is looking for. Uh, a great opportunity. It is, and every game gets big, and that's what Eric was just saying. And this one is, you're right, national media doesn't understand how good Baylor is. And we do. You watch the film. The coaches do. They understand it and how much better they've gotten. So this is a very big game, and you win this one, and you walk into Kansas, and then you have bye week. So there's there's a lot in front of this football team right now. And, I, I, I mean, Coach Campbell has known that from the beginning. And uh, I believe he's positioned this team to do well, but you have to go down to Waco and win that first Big 12 game on the road. And that's a, it's a tall task. But again, I, I think we're, we're, we're set up really good right now to get this done. Look at it from a Baylor perspective, too. They're trying to get their program. This would be a marquee signature win for Dave Aranda. This is the game because they pretty much felt they were going to dominate the first three games. This is the game that they've been looking to probably all, all fall. And now that Iowa State's still a highly ranked team, an opportunity to make a mark. So we'll get their best shot. There's no question about that. I think they'll get Iowa State's best shot, too. Looking forward to it, guys. We'll see you down in Waco. I'm excited. Can't wait to go. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.